Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIP. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with over 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey local provider. I also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, financial advisor with Richard Young Associates and FPU coordinator as well. So yeah. it's great to be here today, guys. That's a good course, isn't it? Absolutely. Good stuff. Man, we just finished our uh, spring class and we knocked it out. Awesome. I was, I was blown great. away with some of the uh, progress that that's we made. That's the Dave Ramsey course. That's right, the Dave yeah. Ramsey course. We yeah. saved over $20,000 as a class and paid off over $96,000 of non-consumer or non-mortgage related debt. Yeah, fantastic. So Congrats. That's awesome. Great day. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly radio show. We're right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. Yeah, you can also go to our website, moneymd.net. We have a link in the top right-hand corner that you can stream us. Uh, you can go to the dial, 1230 a.m. We also have the podcast out there. There's a button on the right-hand side that you can click that, and you can see the past shows. And we break the sh- each show up into to four different segments. So if you see a particular topic you like, you can kind of link onto that and just listen to that one. Or you can also download it to your uh, iPhone, right, and listen anyway. Absolutely. iPhone is a great way to listen on your vacations, what we're going to talk about today. I mean, take your iPhone with you and listen to the Money Doctors. Never an excuse for not listening to the Money Doctors. That's right. Um, but also send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can link to us on our website, moneymd.net. All right, guys, I think we have an awesome show lined up for today. Um, you know, we're going to start off talking about my favorite subject. <laughs> and that is, of course, vacations. Um, I thought it was golf. Well, th- that too. It's that kind goes of synonymous with vacation. There. They together, go together. So. That's yeah. right. John. I mean, there's never a vacation without <laughs> golf. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, the five vacations that you can afford now. Um, you know, this is a great topic, and we talked about it before. I mean, there are vacations that are cheap, and so if you need a vacation, you don't have to break the budget. You don't have to break the piggy bank and ruin your emergency fund or run up the credit cards. You can take a vacation, and you can get out for under $500 a person, you know, for, for a nice four- or five-day vacation. And so, uh, you know, there's some good ones out there that you don't have to, to really go out and finance. So yeah, that's you know, going to stick around for that. That's going to be fun. It's always always fun talking vacations, right? It is. Yeah. And then we're going to follow up uh, with an investing article. And, and, guys, you know, emotion might be your worst enemy when it comes to investing. And we see that a lot. And we're going to dive into that topic a little bit. Really good article from CNBC. And, um, you know, the the sad statistic is over the last couple of decades, uh, U.S. stock investors, they've lagged the the market by almost half. So if the markets have returned 10 percent, they've made about five because of their emotional decision. So and we see this um, quite frequently having conversations with folks out in the, uh, the marketplace. And so we're going to dive into that topic a little yeah. deeper. That's a good one. Then we're going to finish up with uh, the electric car industry. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of things going on right now uh, in the EV world. That's what they call it for short, electric vehicle world. And uh, Tesla, they are uh, kind of making some noise here. So it, it'll be interesting to kind of talk about that and see what's going on. It's kind of like the band Tesla. Telsa. Telsa. Yeah. <laughs> John, don't get me confused. That's right. All yeah, right. I mean, it's exciting. It's an exciting topic because I think, you know, that's a new wave of changes that are going to come about in the economy with the way we, we drive, you know, and Tesla really is leading the forefront there. So. That, and it's right up your industry. A lot of technology involved, so I know that you enjoy that. Uh, I do. I, you do. Know, I so think it's cool. Our resident expert will, will be able to help save us. save the environment, too. Gordon. Save the environment. Yeah, that's we're right. all about that. Go green. All right. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, that leads us up here, though, to our financial fact of the week. Yeah, the money doctors don't make predictions too often, but I'm going to go on record making a prediction. All right, watch out. Yeah, there will be a recession um, in the future. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So, there I'm, will I'm be. Gonna, There'll be a, a depression at some point, but uh, I hope I'm maybe. not lying. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So here's the here's the financial fact. This comes from the National Bureau of Economic Research. The United States has had 18 recessions in the last 100 years. So that's about one every 67 months. Uh, the last one we had was about 82 months ago, so we're overdue for a recession. Recessions are normal. It happens. It's a part of the process. It's actually healthy believe it or not, to kind of get some of the fluff and, you know, get people more focused on from a business standpoint. So recessions happen. They've happened in the past. They'll happen in the future. And I'm going on record to say there'll be a recession in our future. Ouch. Well, the, That's, the stats are kind of depressing, though. So you're saying we're overdue for a recession. I am, but you can't say every 67 months is going to happen. I mean, it could it could go another five years. Who knows? Yeah, that's but right. It, I mean, it's very inconsistent, right? We oh, have some absolutely. really long stretches sure. without recessions, and we just came out of the Great Recession. So it stands to reason... You know, we may have a long way to go before we have a recession, but yeah, yeah, I get your stats. They're okay. still kind of depressing, but right. and that's why it's still that's that's why it's very important to be diversified. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, you know, if you were overweighted too much, it could really and have a plan and have a plan, have a plan. That's right. Very and good. We just went through a near recession. I mean, we just went through mm-hmm. you know a correction in the market. That's right. And uh, that's right. so you know maybe we have got a quite a ways to go. Yeah, there. I'm not that's saying it's going to happen like next month, but good. I'm glad you clarified yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. All right, that leads up to our first topic here, and that is um, vacations. Five vacations that you can afford now, guys. I mean, if you're like me, when the weather starts getting nice, you start thinking about vacations. And now that tax season's behind us and summer's just around the corner, it's time to get serious about planning your next vacation or maybe just a quick three or four day getaway. The key is to fit that next fun rendezvous into your budget. And the key to that is to make sure that you you plan well, you don't kill it with the overpriced extras because that's easy to do. One of the items that you can you can run your vacation into the red with is food. Mm-hmm. Of course, everyone has to eat, but, you know, you can't let that dominate your budget. So you have to manage the eating out. You have to plan accordingly. And that's the key for having a good vacation on a budget. So we'll discuss some ideas as we move along here. Um, So here are five ways that you can, five ideas for, for vacations that you can take now and you can afford now, like a long weekend, um, for around $500 per person or less all in. Everything in there. So cheap vacation number one is the Myrtle Beach in Grand Strand area. Yeah, it's pretty close. And it's not that far from our yeah. uh, our particular a, area. Not at all. It's a great place to go. Yeah, if you grew up in this area, maybe you don't have a great impression of the Myrtle Beach area. But the truth is, 
it has really changed a lot over the years, and it's a very nice place now. I mean, there's lots to do for a very reasonable price aside aside from the summer months. You know, of course, you don't want to go midsummer to Myrtle Beach. That would be expensive. But, you know, if you're on the East Coast, this is a great place to go. Lots to do, relatively cheap. We've done this plenty of times in the winter, spring, and fall. You can get jam-up oceanfront hotel for under $100 a night in the winter. In the spring right now, you're still looking at very reasonable rates, maybe 150 a night that mm-hmm. I saw on Hotel.com. So very good place to go for a budget. Yeah, and this time of the year, temperatures are, are still cool. I mean, they're warming up into the you know 70s and 80s. Uh, obviously, the seafood is piping hot. I mean, love the seafood down there. Um, obviously, golf. They have couple golf courses, two or three? Dozens of golf courses. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful golf Actually, they have courses, over 100 John. down there. Do they really? Yeah. It is a great place to go for And golf. you can get a phenomenal deal on that. There's a, you know, a couple outlet malls, uh, or you can just go walking on the, the pristine beach. I mean, you know, a tip is to, to book an efficiency, keep the eating uh, to you know reasonable amount, uh, buy groceries for a lot of your meals. I mean, the crowds are down. There's plenty to do on the Grand Strand this time of year, so this is a great idea. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and a tip here, vacation tip is always read the reviews on TripAdvisor before you book a hotel anywhere. You will learn a lot of valuable things that you can't find anywhere else. For instance, you'll you'll learn about the parking, what the parking situation is at a hotel. One time I read trip reviews and I figured out, found out from there that you had to avoid the desk, the info desk in the lobby because that's where they were selling timeshares. So mm. if you went up and asked questions to them, they were going to put a sales pitch on you. <laughs> so, yes, things like that. Yeah. That's a great tip. So you want to you want to always read reviews in a hotel before you book that. All right, cheap vacation number two here is a cruise vacation. <laughs> okay, this is one of my specialties and one of my favorites here on the list. I know it sounds expensive, but there are deals to be had here. I mean, a four- or five-nighter can be a lot cheaper than you think. You go to cruise.com, you'll be amazed at some of the last-minute deals you see there. I mean, sure, if you want a suite, you're going to pay double for that. But if you can be happy with a balcony room or, or maybe one with a window view, you can get those deals for a steal at the last minute. And they, they practically give those away those inside rooms away in the last two weeks you know and if you're in the georgia south carolina area where we are i mean you can drive the port canaveral it's only six seven hours away you can jump on one of those short cruises for some serious rest and relaxation i just saw one um with the royal caribbean's freedom of the seas huge nice ship for under a hundred dollars a day per person Mm. You know, that's a beautiful big ship. You won't get seasick on that one. It's like a 138,000-ton displacement ship. It's huge. Um, I mean, where else can you go for four or five days for that price with great dining, entertainment, and the room all included? Nowhere. Now, now, did you have to wash dishes and do that kind of stuff <laughs> hey, in man. order to participate at that price? No, I'm telling you, this is a nice deal. Yeah, if you wait to the last Every, minute, that makes wow. sense. They're trying to fill them. They are. That's awesome, Everything's Steve. included. They are. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. I mean, on these sales, these last-minute deals, they're giving it away because they're counting on you buying lots of drinks, gambling, you know, buying shore excursions. But forget all that. Just get off at the ports, do some casual shopping. Lay around on one of the beautiful beaches down there in the Caribbean. Then get back on the boat, have a free lunch, lay by the beautiful pool, get in the hot tub. I mean, you can't beat this vacation deal, and what a great way to escape the blues. So, all right, well, that leads up to our break here. 
But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call. Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back in the weekend. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who's a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the five vacations that you can afford now. Um, guys, you know, I mean, this is one of my favorite topics, as you know. And there are some great vacations out there, and you don't have to break the budget to go on a nice, you know, yeah. four or five day vacation or a long weekend. You just don't have to. And May's a great time to take a vacation. It's a great time, you know. I mean, in, in picking the right time is the key. There's it always is. a great time, by the way. Yeah, and I guess probably what you're leading to. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, picking the right time of the year though is a key. You know, if you do it when school is still in session. Mm-hmm you're going to get a lot better deal. I mean, particularly if you're going somewhere where people often vacation to. And the first one we talked about is one of those examples. That's Myrtle Beach and the Grand Strand area. That's a nice area now. You know, over 100 golf courses, just a beautiful area, lots of, lots of uh, you know, nice hotels there. And there are deals to be had even this time of year in the spring. You can get, um, you know, a nice uh, resort for $150 a night. I saw several of them last night when I pulled this up on Hotels.com. You know, great deals there, nice seafood, you know. You can walk on the beautiful beaches there. The temperature is just wonderful this time of year. So that was number one. Number two here was the cruise vacation. And, you know, I love that for a quick getaway because you can drive to Port Canaveral from where we're at. It's only six, seven hours away by car you can hop on the ship there you can go for a four or five nighter for less than a hundred dollars a day per person and if you don't kill it with you know drinks and you know shore excursions and all the other things and you just go and just enjoy the beautiful beaches down there you know the bahamas or caribbean um the the boats are nice i mean there's some really nice boats you can get on and, and that's the key here you can have a great vacation so that's another great idea and so the next one here was uh, a driving vacation that's right? right orlando you know this is uh, nice one that area. we've kind of touched on already and talk about um, every so often but believe it or not orlando that's actually a relatively you know inexpensive vacation especially if you do it before school's out before things really get crazy down there uh and the crowds start to come in you know i know we've been saving for a while and my kids they are amped up they're ready to go so you know we're kind of sitting on go on that one now it is a little more costly if you decide to to fly uh, but you know, Orlando Airport is very efficient, and you can catch some great deals uh, on flights, especially out of Charlotte, Greenville, and Atlanta. I mean, I've seen flights as low as thirty-nine dollars mm. one way. Wow! You know, there if you, you, go, if you yeah. uh, fly some of the um, some of the smaller airlines, but some great deals there. Um, you know, and you can go down there, have a great time for a couple of days, and do it relatively inexpensive. Yeah, the hotels are very reasonable in May. So, I mean, forget the parks. Just do a show or two. Lay out by the pool. Better yet, play golf in this beautiful weather. 
You know, I just checked on Hotels.com, as I mentioned, and there are hordes of rooms down there, beautiful resorts for under $100 a night. I even saw a four-star resort for $119 a night. Wow. As I mentioned, even Bay Hill. I saw Bay Hill for $138 a night. Wow. Oh, man. Sounds like golf was in the cards there. Arnold Palmer's Resort. Take a road trip. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, don't forget to check on the free parking. Make sure the price includes the resort fee, if any. Read the reviews. Um, on TripAdvisor, but yeah, I mean, that's a great way to take a vacation. Orlando is a good place to go. Yeah, another one here on the list, uh, cheap vacation number four is Tampa, Florida beaches. And starting to notice a, a little bit of a theme here? Yeah, guys. a little bit. I kind of like the little, beach areas. beach area and probably got some uh, some golf out there. And, you know, the west coast of Florida on the Crystal Beach Strand is a terrific place to spend a long weekend. I mean, um, you know, it's the Clearwater, Florida area where you get that warm gulf breeze. And it's beautiful beaches. The water's crystal clear. Hotels are reasonable. Food's very good. Yeah, you still got to be, you know, planned. You got to go down there and make sure you do your research. But Tampa, Florida is a great place to, to hang out. It really is. I love that place. Yeah, I mean, if you like Greek food, there's Tarpon Springs just a few miles away where you can visit the Sponge Docks, eat the authentic Greek food there in the village where they have dozens of Greek restaurants. Um, you can drive over to Tampa, and there are dozens of great things to do there and see. Just lay on the beach. Either way, I mean, pack your sandals, shorts, plenty of sunscreen. The Gulf Coast beaches are great. So that's a good place hey, and, to go. And listen, if you do get back down there, check this place out called Jackson's on the Bay. Jackson's hmm. on the Bay. Sounds Incredible nice. restaurant. Ooh, Plan for that seafood, one. You need to budget for it, but, <laughs> but plan you. for it. I hear you. Sounds nice. Yeah, and you're a foodie, so I mean, that means uh, yes, it's really nice. Yes, as, as you all can see on radio yeah, here. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, cheap vacation. The last one here on the list is Las Vegas. I know they call it Sin City. I've never stayed there, but, you know, I'm not suggesting you go gamble your life savings away either. The City of Lights has some of the best overall deals to be had, including airfare. There are plenty of things to do there on a budget. I mean, first, let's remember, it's sunny, it's beautiful year-round, low humidity year-round. Even in the summer heat, I mean, it feels like 75 in the shade. Well, it's a dry heat. It's, you know, very, it's different than here, very, that's very for dry, sure. low humidity. Second, I mean, there are incredible deals there, including airfare. Like, like one I saw was $472 per person for four-night stay with airfare from Atlanta. Wow. Off hotels.com. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, they almost throw in the airfare. I mean, that's a deal if you drive from, you know, go from Atlanta, like a major hub like that. Then keep in mind, there's also plenty to do without ever stepping in a casino. I mean, like great shows, unbelievable golf, all the amazing sights there on the strip. I mean, it's certainly not as cheap as our driving vacations or the cruise. But it's not going to be bad considering that there's a 4,000-mile round-trip airfare included. I mean, obviously, this is one where you need to be careful, not get into a gambling frenzy, and you need to limit the shows and dinings to, you know, what you what you can afford and keep it in budget. So do some planning before I go on this one. Um, have everything already picked out. But if you can't, you, you just can't beat the Nevada sun to perk up your attitude and to get rid of the winter blues. Get rid of the winter blues. The winter <laughs> blues. There you go. Yeah, bonus one here, though, we're going to throw in here is driving to the national parks. You know, I mean, if those budget vacations that we just mentioned are still out of your reach, what's wrong with driving to our beautiful national parks? Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. 
It's a great place to go. I mean, there are some terrific driving vacations from any point here in the U.S., but around here, the logical choice is probably the Blue Ridge Mountains or Smoky Mountains. Um, you know, there's Gatlin Birds, the Pigeon Forge area. There's the Asheville area. There's tons to do in both those areas. All you have to buy is gas, food, and a reasonable hotel room. The scenery is all free. You know, it's a, that's a great time of the year. This is a great time of the year to visit the mountains. Fall, I mean, just about any time of the year is a great time to go there. The key is planning. You know, I could probably go on all day about vacation deals, but one of the keys to having an amazing vacation on a budget is simply to plan well ahead of time and to go in the off-season. You know, sometimes that means getting a last-minute deal. Um, I'm not a fan of people using credit cards, but if you can take some great trips, if you have the discipline to charge everything on like a frequent flyer credit card and then, you know, pay it off on time each month. Um, You know, I do that with my SkyMiles American Express card. We've taken some amazing trips on those cards. Um, Cashback cards work even better, you know, if you keep the cash back and put that in your vacation budget. Um, that's a great way to do it. But I took the entire family, as we talked about before, here to Maui about eight years ago, all on frequent flyer miles. We got five tickets, stayed in a cheap condo for eight nights, rented low co- a low-cost SUV, drove all over Maui for less than $2,000. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that's three kids, okay? My kids love Taco Bell. We went and ate a lot of meals there. Had a couple of nice dinners out, too. We walked all the great beaches in Maui, drove the beautiful road to Hana, went up on the top of Haleakala, you know, walked in the rainforest, snorkeled for free with our own gear we bought at Walmart there. And we spent a day at the blowholes, you know. We shopped in Lahana for a memorable budget vacation it can be done. That's the point here. You simply have to plan ahead and have a goal. So that's the budget vacations. And if we can squeeze it in, we can do the question of the week. Yeah, this uh, question has to do with um, beneficiaries. Uh, specifically, do I need to put my kids as contingent beneficiaries? And we get that question, um, what if I don't put them on there? Well, then it reverts back to your will. But it is advisable to have contingent beneficiaries. So usually the spouse is the primary, and then you put your kids uh, as the, as the contingent beneficiaries, if they're underage, whoever's going to be their custodian would would basically manage that money for them until they got of age. But yes, uh, you should use contingent beneficiaries. It's a way. It's called a stretch uh, IRA today is a, one of the terms in the industry. But contingent is a good thing to have. And you could even do that on after tax money too on TOD accounts. You mm-hmm. can list them as transfer on death. You can put contingent beneficiaries on those as well. So. It's a great way to make sure your money goes to who you want it to, regardless of who passes away first. Okay, and that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. And GMN News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. And I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are going to um, lead off our next segment here with a new topic, and that is 
The impulse investors sell low and buy high. Not what you're supposed to do, right? That's not the right way. No, it's not. It's not. This is an article from CNBC. Uh, Susie Popik uh, wrote this, and um, yeah, she's right on. She says emotions. She says might be your worst enemy. It, emotions are your worst. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they make you make bad decisions, <clears throat> and you know we we get conversations and questions about um you know the markets today sometimes people are nervous um they're nervous when the markets are high <laughs> because they think it's going to go lower That's and they're right. nervous when the markets are low because they don't know which direction it's going to go so you know classic wall street advice if you watch you know cnbc it dictates that good investors should know when to cut losses short so they they they, they tell you that you ought to be able to trade in and out and and you know avoid the downturns and certainly some folks get lucky and they manage to time the trades perfectly so they can miss the uh, big market drops. But she said a key word in there, lucky. There's That's no right. one that can consistently time the market, you know, over the long term. So most of us are bad at market timing. I mean, the consequences of selling uh, as they start as the market start to, to dip tends to be locking in the losses rather than avoiding them. So think about that. You sell you're locking in your losses, and it's hard to see a bottom. I mean, in the in the best moment to get back in um, until it's already passed. So people say, hey, I'm going to get out when it's low and then get back in. Well, people generally don't do that. In fact, the very impulse to protect yourself called loss aversion may be predictive of investor errors. And there's a study that we're going to kind of kind of dive into on this a little bit. People who are especially emotional and loss-averse are more likely to make the mistake of needlessly selling holdings and switching to cash in a down market. And that's gentleman here from a University of Missouri professor, uh, Yao. Um, he was a co-author on this paper. So, you know, in, in summary, the first part here is the emotions, you know, dictate how people invest. And it's, it's bad. The results we'll share with you at the end are, is not good. Yeah, and what this professor says, he says if you were laid off and you don't have an emergency fund, that's one thing. But, you know, the people that are are selling low here, you know, they don't have an immediate need for that money. They aren't harvesting taxes losses for tax reasons, so they shouldn't be moving into cash. And what I'll say is, you know, CNBC, I mean, they, they trump this kind of moving in and out of the market up, just like all financial media does, because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it's sexy. You know, it it sounds like, um, you know, it, it's it's something you want to hear about. Um, it's not like the buy and sell or the 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 boring asset allocation to discipline techniques. Long term, right. You know, the long term techniques. Those don't sell ads. I mean, remember what the financial media is trying to do here. They're trying to sell ads. They're in the entertainment industry. They're not in the information industry. Yeah, okay. That's right. You know, they're selling ads here. They're trying to get viewerships. They're trying to get ratings up. So they're not going to have, you know, Harry Markowitz, you know, or some professor on there talking about asset allocation and, you know, what the University of Chicago says you should do and the, the right way to invest and the discipline and all that kind of stuff. It's just too boring and it's too much over your head. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have somebody on there trumping up how to buy and sell, how to move in and out, how to make a quick buck. And it, it's like the elusive 300-yard drive if you're a golfer. You know, your brain tells you you can do it. You see it being done on TV with the professional golfers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you think you can go out in the golf course and do it. And guess what? 
you can't do it. It's not possible. And then you try to do it, and you pull a back muscle. I mean, that's right. Just, exactly. You hurt yourself trying to do it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And you will hurt yourself if you try to time the market <laughs> you, too. You will. So don't believe what you hear on CNBC. Yeah, you know. that's exactly right. So you know this uh, study, um, Yale um, focused on people who said they expected to work during retirement and travel less following the Great Recession. And these respondents tended to be more unhappy than others in reaction to the downturn and were about uh, one and a half times more likely to switch to cash when they didn't need to. So there's, um, you know, there's an attitude and emotional effect here. Yeah, and, you know, human uh, nature, that might be part of the problem as well, you know. Uh, Emotions, they tend to trump reason many times for, for most investors. And, you know, research found that the average person is willing to risk a potential loss only if he or she's able uh, to double that mm-hmm. in the near future. So, hmm. you know, or in the future. So emotions, they, they do play a key part. Yeah, absolutely. Investors who are especially uh, loss averse, the financial consequence of an emotional reaction, it can be serious. Uh, for example, dumping you know your investments during October of 2014 when the markets went through a correction would have lost you more than 15 percentage points in return versus if you had held on and stayed invested. And it doesn't talk about what if you would have invested some during that time or done some rebalancing. Right. So, um, you know, there's a separate uh, BYU study that found emotionally driven financial fallacies can go hand in hand. Uh, there's a gentleman named, named uh, Harold Miller. His research showed that people who demonstrate loss aversion are more likely to fall victim to the sunk cost fallacy. So what is a sunk cost fallacy? Uh, sunk cost fallacy is behaving as if you had more, if you if more investment um, alters your odds. And in a way, you're also motivated by the aversion to the loss. By keeping more invested, you believe the more you put in, the more it will pay off. So, I mean, basically it's saying that you think your odds are better when the markets are down and you're putting more in. Um, in essence, the same people who flee from risk at the wrong moments are more likely to double down on risk irrationally. Now, I don't necessarily see that. I don't know if you guys, Steve, if you've seen that in in history, people that are risk averse or are doubling down. I don't come across. Yeah, I don't typically too see many people, people that that do both. You know, the people that double down are typically the second you know group that he's getting ready to talk about here. And that is the overconfident crowd. Yes, there is an overconfident, you know. yeah. But, uh, you know, fearlessness is not the only threat to investors' portfolio. This study also examined other traits that predict the mistake of moving to cash without needing to do so during a downturn, such as confidence, as you mentioned, and also gender. It turns out, guys, maybe women are a little bit smarter than us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Slightly, though, just slightly. Yeah, while slightly less than 10% of women made the error um, of selling out during the downturn, more than 12% of men did so. Investors who demonstrate higher than average confidence, we'll call it what it is, it's arrogance, okay? <laughs> People who who, uh, in, who demonstrate arrogance, you know, or overconfidence, that, you know, stating that they had greater confidence about their financial future in 2008 than they did in 2003, they were also more likely to make a mistake. And that's what we see sometimes. You know, men tend to be a little more overconfident when it comes to investing, thinking that they can time it, thinking they can make right decisions. And yep. Yeah, I mean, I sat down with one just the other day, in fact, who had uh, bought a whole bunch of, of oil, uh, you know, in the last two years, bought a whole bunch of oil contracts and, and investments and oil stocks and had lost 
oh, I don't know, 70%, 80% of his money, yeah. like, you know, $50,000 yeah. in, in oil. And, uh, and he bought more on the way down. Did exactly what they're talking about here. Yeah. I and mean, when it was going down, he was buying more. He's like, well, I can't, can't, you know. Can't keep I, going down. Well, I mean, and it's the risk aversion part. He did not want to accept the fact that he had made a loss on that. So he's trying to make it up by buying low. And he's thinking, well, yeah. it's got to come back eventually. It's got to come back eventually. And I didn't have the heart to tell him. Even the market really has changed for oil. Yeah. You know, it may not ever go back to ninety. Yeah, it may the the stocks you're buying may not ever become profitable again. Some of them go out of business because the market has changed. So we don't know. We'll yeah, see. and you know, I think the confidence comes from um, not understanding the historical facts and the historical data. If you if they understood that, they would realize that you can't time these sectors or individual stocks it just does not work no one can do it period that's right i mean that's what that's what the stats show us and we see that um from mutual fund managers and so forth so you know um these findings uh, were um there was another uh, study that was done by uh, the financial planning association that came that found one in ten people also made the mistake of moving to cash um during some of these uh, difficult time periods as well that's right. And, you know, if, if emotion is a major factor that drives investors to sell low, you know, it can also be uh, a major factor that drives people to buy high. Sure. So, you know, especially Every- when you're talking about emotions like this, you know, a, a different study that Yao recently co-authored, it found that households who just experienced investment gains are twice as likely as others to invest all of their workplace retirement uh, portfolio in stocks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that can be dangerous if it doesn't fit your your plan and your and, criteria. And your, that's right, your risk. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so in, you know, investing based on emotion definitely has consequences, and they're not good, folks. Um, you know, over the last couple of decades, U.S. stock investors has lagged the market by at least half um, of what the market has returned. You know, instead of holding on to earn market returns, investors shortchange themselves by trading in and out at exactly the wrong time. So, you know, the key here is have a diversified portfolio, have a strategy, have a plan, have an emergency fund in place, and the best move you can make in a rocky market probably is none at all. So think about that the next time you're, you know, you get emotional. We understand it's emotional. Call us up. We'll talk talk with you, share you some historical data and so forth. But it can be very um, damaging to, to make decisions based on your emotions. Okay, good topic, and that leads up to our break here. So if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back to these messages. To Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is a financial advisor at Richard Young Associates, along with us. And we are going to start off our last segment here with the prescription of the week. That's right. We're going to talk about marriage and money. Ooh, uh, like oil and water? That's important. Something like that. But you know what? <laughs> Doesn't it, have to be. Before you get married, it is extremely important that you take the time to talk about money. You know, and in that talk, you've got to talk about your beliefs, your values, your past experiences, you know, and your goals for the future. Because, uh, you know, financial issues, that's one of the number one reasons for divorce in our society. And a lot of times it gets down to communication. 
and, and just taking the time to sit down and talk with someone. If you're having issues uh, with this, either before you get married or after, find somebody that you can trust and talk to. You know, if it's if it's us, give us a call. You know, we'll be willing to sit down and, and help you out. If not, you know, find someone that knows what they're talking about. Dave Ramsey counselors. Yeah. You know, something like and that. And there's some good resources. Dave Ramsey has the FPU class, Financial Absolutely. Peace. Um, you know, find a book to read, but you got to talk about it. Otherwise, it's going to come back and bite you. Yeah, I, I would mean, suggest they go to an FPU class yeah, before absolutely. they get married. I think that's a great way. I mean, you got to get on the same page about money. Absolutely. It's just too important before you get married. You know, if I was a pastor, I would almost make that a prerequisite. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so. <clears throat> yep. All right, great prescription of the week. And that leads up to our last topic here, and that is... Electric car makers, yeah, I mean, this is a great topic, you know. I mean, it, there are some new, exciting things happening in the world of electric cars. Te- we, technology. Technology. I mean, people are so down on the economy right. and everything. Technology is driving our world. And it's it driving has, our cars. It, it, it is. It's <laughs> driven the change so, in oil prices, right? Yeah. Because so, we, now we have more oil than yep. we know what to do with, seems to be. Um, because of horizontal drilling and because of fracking. Well, the same things happen into electric cars. I mean, we have great innovations in batteries. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking the other day when we were playing golf. It all leads back to golf, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was playing golf. We were riding an electric golf cart, and I thought, you know, if this golf cart had the latest batteries in it, didn't have these old lead-acid batteries, this thing would probably go 30 miles, you know. But as it is, this golf cart is not even going to make it 54 holes. Mine did go 30 miles. I was weaving in and out of the the woods. <laughs> woods, yeah, that's probably right. Played some <laughs> army golf? I did. Okay. But, yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, you know, Tesla, uh, Tesla Motors is one of the, the leading innovators in this industry, you know, the electric vehicle industry. And they have been... Uh, you know, so far ahead as far as technology features are concerned. You know, they're based out of Silicon Valley. And, uh, you know, according to the latest count, you know, their new Model 3 pre-order has hit over 400,000 uh, pre-orders. Hmm. That That's just a lot. And that, that actually equates to over $16 billion in potential sales. Wow. wow. So, you know, that's really <laughs> stirring some things up in the automotive and transportation industry. You know, it, it may seem as Tesla has won the, the masses by grabbing overwhelming bookings. However, the company still has to answer two major questions. Uh, will it be able to deliver such high volume, you know, and meet that demand? And is it going to be profitable? You know, are they going to be able to stay in business? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I mean, that's true. And that, that is one of the <clears throat> underlying questions that, you know, the company has to be able to reach profitability. Um, and it's yet to be seen. Um, they've set a deadline themselves of 2020 to reach that benchmark. You know, if it sells nearly half a million electric cars, which sounds like they're definitely going to do with the 400,000 pre-orders they have for their new Model 3, um, but, you know, it's a slow and hard process for any company to achieve. I mean, already the company's promised to roll out the Model 3 at the end of 2017. Um, looking at their past record, you know, most analysts are saying that's going to be yeah. at least 2018, even maybe stretching in 2019. Yeah, it could get pushed back a bit. It could, but, you know, still, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, I think... Uh, I mean, the other car makers are getting into the, into the game, too. Oh, absolutely. So we'll, electric, we'll talk about that. That's true. That's very true. They're here to stay. Yeah, there's there's obviously skepticism mm-hmm. on the delivery schedule. Um, uh, Nissan, uh, the Leaf, 
Um, you know, it's the best-selling electric car today has left no opportunity to market um, its uh, electric vehicle. Nissan has revealed an ad for its Nissan Leaf at several media newspapers, such as the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, USA Today. And uh, as reported by Automotive News, it's mocking te- uh, Tesla's long delivery time after placing an order. And the advertisement was placed on Friday, this past Friday, states, Why wait when you can drive an all-electric Leaf now? Now. Now, that's right. <laughs> the print ad further mocks uh, Tesla by stating, And why drop $1,000 to stand in line when you can get $4,000 cash back and best-in-class range? So so Nissan is um, you know, kind of saying, Hey, guys, we're here. Already. <laughs> you don't we're have to wait for on business. This. Yeah, but their best-in-class range is 100 miles, and the new Model 3 is 215 miles, more than double that so that's why you wait um well the good thing is uh, the good thing is i mean tesla has pushed these car makers mm -hmm. to improve their electric cars nissan first came out with the leave it had a 40 mile range now it has over 100 if their if their delivery schedule really is two or three years they'll get into the 200 mile range i would imagine i'm sure they will interesting yeah Yeah, no one else should have um reservations about the electric market today right i mean it's it's here that's true. I mean, you know, I mean, Nissan does does boast, um, you know, that their pure electric Leaf is available in the markets now for about thirty thousand dollars, before the seventy five hundred dollar tax credit. I mean, however, there is a phase out of this tax credit, you know, so you need to check on that. Make sure you're going to get the tax credit if you're buying an electric vehicle, um, or just know that you're going to pay, you know, whatever it costs without the tax credit. That's right. Um, so, but that's a that's a nice benefit right now. I mean, geez, you can get a leaf for if you get the tax credit, you could get it for twenty two thousand five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. What, what a deal! Yeah, and there's a big difference between a tax credit and a tax deduction. Yeah, that's you right. Know, so. That's the money directly off your taxes. And this vehicle, you know, was launched in twenty ten. Um, they they've sold about thirty thousand units uh, last year, and. Um, you know they're, they're they've sold about two hundred thousand units worldwide. So they've had a lot of sales of this leaf. It's been around a while, and they've improved it. Like I said, from forty miles to over a hundred miles mm-hmm. now on the range. That's true. You know, previously when uh, Tesla was targeting luxury, the, the luxury market with its larger Model S sedan and Model X crossover. You know, it did not directly lock horns with the cheaper Leaf uh, and some of the the smaller um, vehicles, electric vehicles. The high-end Tesla uh, vehicles cost over $100,000, and they, they targeted only a niche market. Now, however, as Tesla's decided to foray into the mass market with its cheaper cars, Nissan is starting to feel the, the competitive heat here, you know. They, um, they see Tesla as a major player. And while Tesla might be a little behind its competition, the company has an edge over its rivals due to, you know, the technology that we were talking about. It has over 13 years of experience in making batteries and uh, really leading the way in in that industry. You know, based on the version of the Model 3, uh, it'll be priced somewhere around $35,000. That's kind of the base model. And then it'll, it'll go up from there. Uh, as they add features, so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, just looking at the competition here, um, the Nissan chief executive uh, Sergio, he doesn't believe in in Tesla's plan. I mean, he thinks that Tesla will not be able to make money by only selling electric cars. And he he goes on record and says, if, if Tesla is successful to earn profits by selling its electric vehicle, we will do it as well. We'll 
we'll copy him. <laughs> we'll add Italian style to it, and we'll put it on the market within 12 months. Wow. So there's it's interesting the competitive uh, nature that's going on here. You know, also another uh, industry expert, Bob Lutz. Uh, he's the man behind the Chevy Volt uh, hybrid cars. He also believes it's too difficult for automakers to be profitable by selling only the electric vehicles. Um, you know, because it's so expensive to produce. So, you know, it's definitely a competitive market, the auto industry across the board. And so, you know, it is going to be tough for them to compete, but they are kind of leading the way. Yeah, I mean, I think what Tesla has done here, though, is Tesla has proven that you can build a sexy electric car that has a good range. I mean, they're starting off a 215-mile range. I'm sure that's going to get better. I mean, they built their own battery plant, right? So they're going to continue to improve that. They're going to get the cost down. The reason why Nissan's saying that it's not it's not viable is because Nissan's not building their own batteries. You know, they have to pay for the batteries, and the batteries are very, very expensive. Um, they, but may, if, they may be buying them from Tesla. They probably yeah. are, you know. <laughs> and the batteries that are currently Tesla's currently using have half the capacity of of newer versions of that same battery that are already in production. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So I mean, eventually, when the cost comes down, they're going to be using batteries that have twice the storage density of electricity than the batteries they're using now. So there's a lot of exciting stuff happening yeah. in this industry. I think it's the future of cars, and it's going to be better. What do you think about the Apple car? I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know, because you have a, a technology giant there as well. It's just uh, if they can put it all together. Yeah, can you imagine that? Oh, That'd be cool. I mean, it'd, it'd tremendous so, following. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, almost like a cult following. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, well, they got to come up with something, you know. I mean, the iPhone's pretty much yes. built out. Sales yeah. are down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website, moneymd.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Jesus.